Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. If it wasn't for Andrew's teachings, I would never be where I am today. I would never have victory. I would be living a life of defeat. It was Andrew's teaching that allowed me to develop that faith. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Monday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today, I'm going to start a brand new series talking about how you can live in God's best. Now, that title may not really get you at first, but I'm going to be explaining a lot of things. I've got a book on this, Living in God's Best. And let me say that most people don't uh, live in God's best. And I, I could spend literally uh, weeks probably trying to position this and to encourage you to live and believe God for something more. But uh, I'm just going to spend a little bit of time on this, but you need to recognize that most people are not experiencing God's best. God's best is for total health, not just relative to other people, but I mean perfect health. And there are scriptures, we'll be talking about this. God's best in the area of finance is for you to be completely debt-free, be able to have so much abundance that you can abound unto every good work. God's best in marriage is much higher than what most people are experiencing. And they settle for much less. They don't follow God's leading and they don't receive God's best with our children, with our vocation, with the vision that God has for us. I believe that God has never made a piece of junk ever. God has never made a failure. God has never made a mistake when He created us, God has good plans for us. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, He says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. NIV says, a hope in a future. God has a great plan for your life. And I'm just telling you that most people are living way below God's standards. Matter of fact, I believe I could say this that there is not a person breathing that has totally maxed out everything that God has for them. I know that's certainly true of my life. I've seen God do some great things. I am so blessed and thankful for what God has done in my life and through me to touch other people. I'm excited about it, but I can guarantee you that there is more. God has shown me more that He wants me to do and accomplish through me, and I haven't arrived. I've just left. I'm on my way to where God wants me to go, but I haven't tapped out everything that God has for me. And whether you realize it or not, God has more for you than what you're experiencing. And let me say that the reason some of you, and I'm talking to people here who know the Lord, who love the Lord, and yet you aren't satisfied. Uh, there's many reasons for this, but sometimes, and I'm speaking specifically to people, who the reason you're dissatisfied, it's God who's making you dissatisfied. And that may shock some of you and think, well, what are you saying? God wouldn't be the one that makes me depressed or discouraged or whatever. But there is a satisfaction that comes only when you are in the center of God's will that you won't get anywhere else. And one of the ways that the Lord has directed me is I remember when I was pastoring in Seagaville, Texas, and I was there for two years and it was a struggle. I mean, we did not see a great success at all. 
And it was a struggle to survive during this time, but I was committed to it. I love that place. I prayed for those people. And I remember one day as I was walking down at the church and I was praying, I just looked out the window and it's like my compassion, my joy, my peace about being in Seagoville, Texas just left. I mean, it was gone. I looked out the window and I thought, why am I here? I don't like this place. I want to get out of there. And prior to that time, I just loved it. And I was committed to standing there and praying. And it was such a radical switch. I mean, it's just like my heart just instantly changed that I was shocked by it. And I spent two or three hours praying, God, what happened? What just happened? Was this you or is this something wrong with me? And the more I prayed about it, the more the Lord convinced me it was Him just taking this desire to be in Seagoville, Texas out of my heart. And so after a couple of hours praying about it, the Lord spoke to me and He told me I was leaving. It was time for me to leave. And He even gave me a date. He said, November the 1st. And I forget exactly what year that was. It would have been, I think, in 1975, probably November the 1st, that I was supposed to go. So I prayed about it until I was sure that's what God said. I went home to tell Jamie that I'd been praying and God had just spoken this to me. And when I got home, there was a for sale sign in our yard. We were renting a house and there was a for sale sign in our yard. And so I went in and I asked Jamie, I said, what's the for sale sign? She said, the landlord came by and told us they're selling the house and we've got to be out of this house by November the 1st. It was a perfect confirmation and it was exactly what God wanted. And what I'm saying is one of the ways that God led us was through just putting a holy dissatisfaction. I'm not talking about the sorrow of this world, the grief that comes when you've messed up and done all of these things, but sometimes the Lord will make you dissatisfied because there is so much more. He doesn't want you to be content where you are. Now, again, there's other reasons that people get dissatisfied because they aren't keeping their mind on the Lord and they aren't seeking the Lord, etc. But I'm saying that there are some of you who love God, you're seeking the Lord, and yet there is a holy dissatisfaction in your life. And I'm telling you, the reason for it is because God's got more for you. He's wanting, you know, it's I've read that they uh, sometimes the mother birds, when they want their chicks to get out of the nest and, and push them out and start flying and getting out and do things on, on their own, they'll actually take the feathers and the things that cushioned the nest and made it so comfortable that they'll start plucking those things out so that the sticks and the twigs and things stick through and it poked the birds and motivates them to get on. In a sense, that's what God is doing to some of you is He's put a holy dissatisfaction there. Things that used to satisfy don't satisfy. Now again, let me just qualify that there's multiple reasons. Some Sometimes the reason people are dissatisfied is because they aren't keeping their mind stayed upon the Lord. Isaiah 26, 3, the Lord will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon Him. But there is a holy dissatisfaction. And I know I'm speaking to people right now who God has stirred you up and you know that there's more. You aren't satisfied you know that there's something more. You know, in my way of reading things over here in Judges chapter 6, let me just turn over and read some of this. But this is about Gideon. 
And Gideon was an Israelite. The Israelites at this time had been conquered by the Midianites and the Midianites were oppressing them. And anytime anybody harvested their field and started beating out the grain and things, the Midianites would come and take it from them. And so they were, they were having to hide their uh, food and things to be able to survive. And so Gideon was behind a wine press and he was threshing out his wheat. And as he did this, it says in Judges chapter 6, in verse 12, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, the Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles, which our father told us of, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Did you know on first reading of that, it just looks like that he's just totally speaking unbelief. He doesn't believe in God. He doesn't believe in anything. And it looks like that this is a total statement of unbelief. But look at the response in verse 14. It says, The Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of Midianites. Uh, have not I sent thee? Why would God bless a total negative statement about, man, God's not with us. He's forsaken us. Well, you don't have the ability to hear the inflection of his voice and to see exactly what he's saying. But I believe, based on my study, and I don't want to just spend my time teaching on Gideon, but this is my belief that Gideon was basically just expressing a holy dissatisfaction and saying, I'm sick and tired of this. Man, I've heard these stories all my life about how the Israelites came out of Egypt with all of these miracles, and here we are, we can't even eat. I've got to hide to thresh out my wheat. And he was sick and tired of being sick and tired, and he was ready and looking for something more. And that's the reason that the angel rewarded him and said, go in this thy might. Go with this attitude. Go knowing that there is something more and that you aren't going to settle for less. You know, let me say it this way. That as long as you can live with less than God's best, you will. But one of the very first steps in seeing God's best come in your life is you got to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. You got to get to a place where I've taken all of this I'm going to take. I just don't want this anymore. You know, I can remember another time when I was in Seagaville, Texas, this instance that I was talking about earlier. And I was pastoring this little church and Jamie and I were poor because of my own stupidity. I'm going to deal with this a lot more as I get into this series. I won't spend time to do it now. But we were really struggling with poverty, and we had a car that we were wanting to sell, a 56 Chevy Bel Air. And it was a dog. It had a lot of things wrong with it. But anyway, long story, I'm not going to go into all of it, but we had tried for weeks to sell this car. We had we'd e actually decreased the price that we put on it. We had done all of these things. And it just wouldn't sell. People would come look at it, but once they saw it, and I mean, it burned a quart of oil every 50 miles. If you turned on the heater, it pumped water out on your feet. There was a hole in the floorboard and the keys, the differential, the U-joints uh, were going out on it. And the thing shook so bad that the keys would actually come out of the ignition. And if you weren't careful, they'd fall through the hole in the floorboard. I mean, it was a, it was a mess. And so I think we were only asking like $400 and I think we came down to 350 
And it wasn't like we were putting an excessive price on it, but it was just a dog. And anyway, the Lord had told me that he was going to supply our needs through that selling of the car. And we waited for three weeks. We were behind on our rent. We hadn't been eating. And I had tried to be patient and stand in faith. And finally, one day, I just had had it up to here. I mean, I decided that this was it. We had to have some money. The Lord had told me it was that car that he, he we were going to sell it and get the money out of that. And so I was down in my church building, and I mean, I just got angry. I got mad, not at God. I wasn't mad at God. I knew God wasn't my problem, but I was mad at me, and I was mad at this situation, and I just let the devil have it. I mean, if I could have gotten my hands on him physically, I'd have done some damage. I just got mad. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired and being poor, and I just started screaming and yelling at the devil and fighting, and anyway... I, within just a short period of time, it was like, boom, I got a breakthrough. And I knew that it was done. I started rejoicing and praising God. And I went home. I had the car parked in front of the church and it had a for sale sign on it. And I went home to tell Jamie that, man, it's over. I don't know how, but God's going to sell this car. We're going to get this money. It's a done deal. And before I could tell her anything, she came running out and she says, quick, a man called. He saw your car at the church. He's on his way down there. He's going to be there in five minutes and he wants to buy the car. So I didn't even get to tell her about my breakthrough. I went down and this guy, he had the cash and he wanted to buy the um, car. And I said, well, I've got to tell you about all of the bad stuff. So I told him about burning oil. I told him about pumping water out on your feet. I told him about that the U-joints were going out. And I made him drive the car around the block. And I mean, he took off and in a big cloud of smoke as it burned all of this oil, it went around the block and he came back and he parked it and he says, can I have it now? I mean, it's like, you know, what else do I have to do to be able to give you this money? And so finally I said, well, okay. And I took the money. And when he gave me the money, he said three weeks ago, the very first day that you put a for sale sign on that car at a more expensive price, he says, I told my wife, that's my car. I'm going to get that. And the guy didn't want it to drive. He wanted it for parts. He was going to take parts off of it because it was a popular car. And um, anyway, he says, I've been trying for three weeks to get my wife to agree that he would let that she would let me go buy this car. And he said it was on a Saturday. And he says, I was watching a football game and I wasn't even thinking about it. And he says, just about 10 or 15 minutes ago, she just walked in and threw the money at me. And she says, all right, go get your car. And you know what? That's the exact time that I was praying. That's the exact time I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And then I finally said, I'm not going any further. I am not going to live this way. And the reason I say all of this is to say that as long as you can settle for God's less than his best, you will. And did you know, after all this was over, I remember thinking to myself, why did it take me three weeks to come to this breaking point to where I finally just put my foot down and said, that's it. I'm not going any further. And I've seen this since that time. I've seen many, many times that, you know, I'll tolerate something. I'll be patient and think, well, it's going to work out or something. But finally, there just comes this breaking point. And when I get to where I am not going to live like this anymore, 
there's a breakthrough. And it makes me wonder, why do I have to go to where I'm traumatized and in this bad situation before I, you know, just put my foot down and say, I'm not going any further? I'm saying all of these things to you that there are many of you that you know your life is not the way God wants it to be. You know your marriage isn't the way God wants it to be. You know your health isn't the way God wants it to be. You know that your job and your career is a dead end. It's going nowhere. There are many of you that have this holy dissatisfaction and yet you just are tolerating it. Most of us kind of numb ourselves to these things. I'm convinced that this is one reason that most people do not get quiet and still. You know, it says in Psalms 46:10, be still and know that I am God. And I'm convinced one of the reasons people just constantly have to have a radio on, a television on, they have to have something going, they have to be doing something. They just don't have downtime. They don't sit is because when you sit and get to contemplating and meditating and thinking about your life, there is a holy dissatisfaction that comes up in most people's lives because they, when you're quiet and you aren't being entertained or bombarded with something, but you're just thinking, you go to kind of evaluating, where am I? Where have I come from? Where am I now? Where, what's my future going to be like? And it's, displeasant, it's unpleasant to most people. And most people don't like that because they aren't experiencing God's best. Most of us are living way below God's standards. And this is one reason I think that people avoid just being still. On the contrary, I love just spending time doing nothing but just sitting there thinking and meditating. And God, where am I? What do you want me to do? Am I doing things the way that you want me to? Is there things that I need to change? I love doing that because God speaks to me and he puts vision in my heart. But I think many people avoid that because in their heart, they know that things aren't right. And so they try and numb themselves to it and occupy themselves with other things. During this series, I'm going to try and get you to confront this and to recognize that most of us are selling ourselves short. God has good plans for you. He's got plans for you that are far greater than anything that you've experienced. And like I said at the very beginning of this program, I don't believe that there's a one of us that is maxed out what God has for us. If you're still breathing, God's got more. I don't believe anybody has tapped out the total ability and potential that God has placed on the inside of them. Some of us are further along than others, but I don't think there's a person breathing who has just maxed out everything that God had for them. And so I'm encouraging you, if you're brand new, if this is all new stuff and you've never really stretched out and believed God for anything, or if you've been walking with God forever, I'm telling you, God has more. And I want to encourage you to believe for God's best, not only for yourself. But you know what? You're carrying other people's miracles. God has created every one of us for a purpose. He has a design for your life, and it's going to bless you and satisfy you, yes. But God has a plan for every one of you to not only be blessed, but to be a blessing. And he's got things that he wants to flow through you that will touch other people. You may not be a minister like me, but you, you could minister to people at your job, in your family, in your neighborhood, in your world of influence. 
God wants to bring you to a place that not only are you prosperous and joyful and just, I mean, thrilled with the life that God has given you, but God wants to take all of these things that He wants to do for you and use you as a testimony to other people to touch them and to show them what God can do in their life. So it's not only about you. Other people's miracles are on the inside of you. There's other people that may never watch my television program, that may never open a Bible, that may never go to church, but they know you. And God wants to bring you to His fullness in your life, not only to bless you, but so that you could be a testimony, a signpost to other people about what God could do for them. So I'm telling you, this is imperative. I think that most of us are living way, way, way below what God wants and because of it. We aren't experiencing God's best, but we also aren't being the testimony that we're supposed to be. God has a plan for you, but if you would just look around, not everybody is experiencing God's best, and it's not because of God. It's not God's fault. God has a plan for your life, but you have to cooperate. And one of the very first steps, this is what I've spent all day today talking about, is that you have to get dissatisfied with living a substandard life. As long as you can put up with being mediocre and being average, you will. But when you get a holy dissatisfaction and say, God, I've taken all of this I'm going to take. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm not going to live like this. I'm going to change. Now, that's not all that there is to it, but that is a first place. As long as you can tolerate being less than God wants you to be, you will be. But when you get to a place to where I'm not living this way, I'm going to change. I tell you what, I believe that in the spiritual realm, that man, that just starts drawing all kinds of God activity towards you. I'm going to share this scripture tomorrow in more detail, but 2 Chronicles 16, 9, the eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for someone to show himself strong in behalf of. God is looking this program is heard all around the world. Did you know that today, wherever you are, God is right there looking and saying, are you going to respond to this message? Are you going to be sick and tired of being sick and tired? Are you looking for something more? And if you would just respond to this in a positive way, I believe God would show up and miracles would start working in your life. Today, you can get Andrew's teaching, Living in God's Best, in a hardback book for a gift of any amount when you contact us. I'd like to encourage you to get these materials that I'm offering. I've got this hardcover book on living in God's best. We've got a study guide, which is 475 pages. And this is specifically designed so that you can disciple other people in this. We've also got this book in Spanish. We've got a series that was recorded live, and then we have a CD set and a DVD set. But I tell you, this teaching on living in God's best is absolutely life-changing if you will listen to it and then heed it and act on it. So please check it out today. Andrew's entire series, Living in God's Best, is available as a book in either English or Spanish, as a DVD album made from our daily television broadcast, or as a CD or DVD album recorded live from a Gospel Truth seminar. You can also get this teaching as a companion study guide. The study guide will deepen your personal understanding and is perfect for home groups or Sunday schools. 
Each of these valuable resources are available for a gift of any amount when you contact us. This entire series is also available for audio download absolutely free from our website. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. The individual topic highlighted on today's broadcast is available as an audio CD for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. We want to say a special thank you to the Grace Partners of Andrew Womack Ministries. Your gifts make it possible to put free ministry materials into the hands of many people in need. If you're not already a Grace Partner, we ask you to pray about becoming one today. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or you can call our helpline at 719-635-1111. Our helpline is open Monday through Friday, 24 hours a day, and Saturday and Sunday from 7.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Mountain Time. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. suspected of following the religious sect known as Christianity will be thrown to the lions. Andrews Bible College, Karis Bible College, has over 60 extension schools around the world. Go to karisbiblecollege.org today to find a school near you. Transforming lives, training leaders, changing the world. Karis Bible College. You say, in the name of Jesus, I'm not going by what I see. I go by what the Word of God says. There's more than just this physical realm. There's also a spiritual realm. I don't care what this looks like. I know what God's Word says. I was told that I would always have severe asthma and food allergies. I was born missing the left side of my heart with a very small chance of living. The doctors indicated that I had a permanent brain injury and that I would never function in mainstream society again. I'm Tim McDermott. My brother and I were told that we would never recover from autism. From a young age, I had several diagnoses, including Asperger's syndrome, dis-executive syndrome, and communication disorders. My brother James was diagnosed with autism before he turned three. For years, it seemed like we would never be normal. But then my parents stumbled across the healing journey of Hannah Terides. A few weeks later, we went to Andrew's free Grace and Faith Conference, where we were healed of autism. Today, 
10 years later, I'm still walking in my complete healing and I am not alone. I haven't needed my inhaler in years and now I eat whatever I want. My heart grew back its missing piece and the doctors cannot explain it. Today I'm completely healed and I get to teach God's truth about healing. Because people like you partnered with Andrew O'Mac Ministries, we have all been given our lives back. We cannot thank you enough for your generosity, but there are still millions of lives out there looking for the same truth that set us free. Will you help us bring this message to them? The word needs to get out to change people's lives. Please consider a partnership. Please partner with this ministry, it's amazing. Please consider being a partner with this ministry. You know, you may not know these people, but I know every one of these people that you just saw them give a testimony. And I tell you, Jesus changed their life because of our partners. If you've not yet joined with us and become a partner, I ask you to pray about it and join with us today.